up, you swamp rats? Episode 40. We're in our 40s now of the It's Always Something podcast. A podcast about everyday pedestrian peasant life. Life isn't perfect. It's always something. Produced by Hurley and Big Night Media. Live from their studio here in Boston, Massachusetts. Please subscribe, rate, comment, like, share the podcast with the person you would just love to go get bottomless mimosas with. You know, you could just send that request out and then follow it up with, hey, by the way, listen to this new podcast and just watch your dreams take off. And look at that pun. Speaking of taking off, my guest today, ladies and gentlemen, on the podcast, I really can't give her the full introduction because I'm not allowed to disclose where she works. I feel like this is borderline CIA type shit. Like, like we're not allowed to say your real name. Like, <laughs> I can't say what your real name is, and we just have to we have to protect you. We have to protect your identity, ladies and gentlemen. I have a flight attendant on today because we are starting to be more open. People are traveling the world. Uh, I talked about TSA pre-check last week about how no one has it. I don't understand why, so I'm just going to keep flying by you in the line, ladies and gentlemen. Make some noise for Lindsay. I just feel like that was such a bland intro. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, I can't say your last name. I can't, like, I, I, I don't want people to find you on LinkedIn. I don't, I'm trying to take away those puzzle pieces, my love. Top secret. I appreciate it. Top secret. Top secret. I want to ask you first, how does one want to become a flight attendant? So if you want to become a flight attendant, it depends on the airline that you want to work for, but there's an interview process that goes down you send in your resume if they like you good enough then you go in for a person interview or over the phone um, and then you do about six four to six weeks of training and that is wherever they want you to be based or wherever their headquarters are six weeks of training you go through service emergency procedures pretty much everything you need to know to be a flight attendant and depending on your airline well, I don't know. You just have to have the passion for it. You have to have the patience. You have to know that you're going to be away for long periods of time. You're going to miss holidays. You're going to spend some holidays in hotel rooms, just chilling, watching Macy's Day Parade. Right. I, well, I want to go back to what you just said. What are they looking for on your resume? So when I applied, I said I had my resume pretty much very customer service based, um, they look for a lot of people that can deal with high stress situations that know how to diffuse situations that are good with customer service because you're dealing with so many like a lot of traffic of people with different um like a diverse selective people so you have to know how to handle yourself and you have to be you have to be good with people <laughs> i think you secretly wanted to say you have to deal with white people not wanting to wear masks on planes i feel like that's what you were trying to get at i'll say i'll say well, it for you no, I think you just have to deal with a wide range of personalities is what I'll say. Okay. <laughs> How intense is the training to become a flight attendant? Because I do feel like there is more behind that curtain than one would know. It's pretty, I mean, luckily for me, when I went through training, I made friends with a lot of people that were going through it. So you have to really be on your game. You have to pass I think I had to pass like 10 tests over 90% and you can only fail two. Um, there was just like certain guidelines you have to be, I mean, you have to be a little bit book smart. I mean, you have to know, like 
you have to memorize configurations of airplanes. You have to memorize like emergency procedures. You have to, I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. You have to be fully into it. You have to really want to be a flight attendant. Like there's just, it's a lifestyle. I will say that it's not like a normal career. It's actually like a lifestyle that you adapt. Like it's not a nine to five. I'm going to work my hours and go home at the end of the day. It's truly, it encapsulates your life. I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things. Like it's different from sitting at an office. I mean, you're literally away. You're meeting people for the first time and spending probably upwards to four days with them. And you're dealing with thousands of people a day. So being a flight attendant, you really just have to be focused on your goal and you have to be focused on taking care of people and understanding the planes that you're working on. What was the most intense part of the training? Mm, man, this was like a little 10 years ago. So I'm really trying to go back to day one. Yeah, go back to the 60s. I know we understand. We didn't disclose your age, but I mean, take me back. Is it, is it when you're learning the emergency door? Is it the... You know, where you can realize that, hey, I could die on this thing. It is. It's the emergency procedures. Like you have to stand there. Like you have to yell commands like loud. And so like, and then you have a group of people that are staring at you like, okay, you could do this. Did you memorize your commands? Are you going to be able to evacuate this plane? So I think that was like the most intense part was standing there. You have to, there's so many things that go on. You have to yell your commands. You have to make sure that you're opening correctly. You got to make sure that the, you know, the path is clear. So there's a lot that's going in your head and you're in the midst of an emergency situation. So you have to think like that. Mm -hmm. So I think that was like the most intense, but I will say the most fun was being able to slide down the slide. That's one dream I've always wanted to do, but I also never dream in my life to want to do it. Okay. Well, for fun, not for real. For fun. Do you carry some of those traumatic experiences from you from training? No. Okay, that's good because I because you just know what could happen, whereas like my ass is just getting on the flight, ready for y'all to you know to hurry your asses up so we can get out of here. You know, whereas you're like thinking about twenty different things. I mean, I am thinking about twenty different things, but I'm also enjoying myself because it is a safe form of travel. You are safe. I mean, if stuff happens, we're prepared for it. But let's just hope it doesn't happen. <laughs> what are some of the written unwritten rules of you know in the flight attendant community? You know how like in baseball you have you know, if you hit my player, we're going to hit yours. Like, are there, are there any unwritten rules in the flight attendant community? So I would say there's a few. And the, the ones that come to my mind are number one, you take care of each other. Like there's this unspoken bond, like when you're walking through the airport and you're in your uniform and you walk past another crew member and you're like, we know, mm. like not a day, we know, mm. we know mm. what you deal with. And then I will say taking care of each other. So when you fly standby, like, you know, who's, flying, whether that's another flight attendant or their family, like taking care of each other. And the one thing I will say, I don't know if this is in the flight attendant community, but it's definitely if you fly a lot and this might be controversial, but the middle seat gets the armrest. Both of them, right? Both. Both of them. Both. Tell it for the people in the way back there, Lindsay. Tell it for the people in the back. Yeah. Let me explain this. Okay. I'm at the window seat. I get my armrest. Okay. And then I get to lean along the fuselage. I get to lean on the window and I get great views. Aisle seat. I still have, I have nobody next to me. I have free reign to get up whenever I want. Middle seat. I get both armrests. It's just, I mean, don't be like, you know, this is my domain. I'm like right here, but 
It's just an unwritten rule. I feel like people should know. I feel like people should know that. What did you call the thing on the side of the window seat? What did you call that? A something lodge? What did you call that? I'm sorry. It's a fuselage. A fuselage? I'll just say the window. What the, where the fuck did that come from? (laughs) The fuselage? Who do you think you're talking to right now? (laughs) I'm like disrespecting. You're trying to outsmart me right now. I was like, wait, where, where am I in the plane? I could have swore that you flew enough to know. <laughs> I do, man, but I'm unconscious. I didn't know I was resting my weary bones on the fusel lo- lounge or lo- whatever the hell you just said. Call it the fusel lounge. Call it the fusel lounge. Jeez. Oh, my gosh. What? I'm just enheightening your uh, flight attendant lingo, right? I didn't need to know that information, man. That just <laughs> fuselage. Fuselage. Oh my gosh, if there was like a secret code word that I could type in, just be like, hey, I don't want a window seat. Do you have any fusel lodges left? Excuse me, what's the best place to lean my head against the fuselage? Yeah. <laughs> is there like a hidden pillow compartment somewhere in the fuselage? Right there, there. <laughs> what, is the, uh, what is the craziest request that, actually, you know, before I ask you that, is it frowned upon in the flight attendant community? I can like you guys are a cult. Is it frowned upon in the flight attendant community to be funny when you're explaining the rules, you know, in the beginning and stuff, or, you know, when you land and someone's trying to be, you know, gimmicky or I saw one guy from Southwest do all the Looney Tunes and I'm like, bro, just say it's 1135 in Chicago and move the fuck out of my way. Like, I don't need this. So uh, I can appreciate some humor. But I mean, I know there's a point you got to get across and I feel like you got to read the room, like read the room, read the plane. If you, if people are wanting some, a little bit of comedy, like dish it out. But if people are like, what is your, what is your sign that you can read the plane? Like what, what is the sign? You you obviously know early morning, late night. Don't be funny. This is more of like a, maybe you're going to Vegas. Maybe you're going to Miami. Like maybe you're on your way to Vegas. Maybe like when you're boarding the plane, people are more smiling. Like, hey, how are you? Mm. I'm not just like, mm, no. I mean, because you can tell a lot about how your flight's gonna go just by boarding. Mm. Like, that is another going back, probably an unwritten rule. Like, you know, you know. Do you know the people that you're gonna be working with? Or do you, are you? Because I'm assuming there are so many flight attendants. Do you know everybody for the most part? Or are you working with some people for the first time? Or So for the majority of the time, like we have flight attendants that are on call and their sole purpose is to be able to fill the flight last minute. If, you know, something happens, whether a cancellation or a crew member calls off, you don't know where you're going or who you're going to be flying with. Um, So you kind of just go onto the flight blindly. Some flight attendants, if they get their schedule in advance, they can see their crew members, but it depends on how long you've been working somewhere and if you're able to recognize people from your base. But a lot of the times, no, I don't know anyone that I'm flying with until I actually board the flight. It's kind of fun though. You know, if you find a cute yeah. guy or something like that, or. So here's, the, here's how I always looked at it is if I don't necessarily appreciate the people that I'm working with, or maybe we didn't click, I don't have to really see them again. Fair so enough. Like, you know? Yeah. Like well. I well, but. But chucking up the deuces, what give me, okay, then give me your worst travel delay disaster you've been a part of. Ooh, you're taking, you're giving me flashbacks of like sitting on the, you know what a tarmac is? Yeah, I do know what a tarmac is because that's a normal human ass term. (laughs) Fusel log, whatever the, I still can't even say it. (laughs) 
I don't even know what you even Let's said. Look it up. All right. So I would say flying into Philly, it was my second flight of the night. I had one more left landed. There was a storm coming in, but we made it sat on the tarmac for a little bit as we're going to the gate lightning strikes. So they shut down the ramp. We sat there for about an hour, which if you can imagine, it's a long time when you're sitting on your jump seat with people staring at you, like get me off this plane. Mm-hmm. Finally get to the gate. There was no gate agent to put the jet bridge to the plane. So we waited about probably another 30, 40 minutes, get off the plane. I go to my next flight and they're like, Hey everyone, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to switch gates. So it's going to be on the other side of the airport. So everyone goes to that side. We finally get there. Mm, yeah. So the plane that we were going to use is out of service. So now we're going to go back. So it's another truck across the airport. Not even joking. Sit there, settle in for about five minutes. They come on. Hey guys, uh, we're going to have to switch our gate. <laughs> so not only sitting on the tarmac for an hour or probably, I want to say like by the time to changing gates back and forth at least three or four times and then finally get on the flight and it's delayed an hour the one that i'm supposed to work so it's just a disaster flights are canceling left and right and i mean we're still going what's so wild about that scenario is i've never met a group of people more upset than people that walk into airports when people walk into airports they are immediately no matter how nice of a person they are they are fucking so upset for no reason. I mean, they literally want it to be the most convenient process, which I understand. But my right. God, people that are upset at the scenario that you just mentioned, I'm already there. I'm livid. Like, I'm already on customer service asking for a $10,000 voucher and to be put up in a suite at the hotel. I need a $10,000. I need a place to rest my head against the fuselage and I need my time compensated. That's and guess you. what? You're the bad guy. Yeah, you, you are like, well, I literally ordered this lightning to strike just right now <laughs> because I wanted everyone to be late. No, you know what? I will say though, a lot of people travel for different reasons. So I understand, but it's not our fault. Right. Like, just don't be an asshole. Oh, know? we're going to get to those scenarios. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, now that I've gotten the administrative, not only new terms out of the way, but the questions that I felt were the, the base now I kind of want to build on the things that I believe the general public really want to know. And my first question with that being said is, do you know why, do you know how, do you have the specific reason as to why people who work for Delta are such assholes? Ooh, no, I don't. Because you know, I feel like they immediately, there's no one that comes second place. Maybe United is a close second, but what is it about Delta? I mean, we're not going to disclose where you work. But what is it about people that work for Delta that makes them assholes? Different training program? Something I don't I don't know if there's something in the air over at Delta. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't experienced anyone at Delta being an asshole. So I'm gonna rely on your experience. I don't I really don't know. I feel like there's a bad seed in almost every airline. Like there's always one person. It, that could go for any career. There's always just one and it gives all of us a bad name. So you probably had a bad experience and now everyone at Delta is an asshole. It's consistent because if you're oh. yelling at me about the overhead luggage right away, like, sir, you need to sit down or madam, you need to do this. Or like when you're checking in your bag in the beginning, like from start to finish, Delta should be known as the Delta dicks. Like they're just so disrespectful. Well, I'm sorry you had that experience because I don't see you being 
an asshole passenger. I'm not. Internally, I want to say bad things, but I just am wondering, it's always Delta. Mm, I mean, I bet I've had situations with other airlines, but it hasn't been Delta. Stay politically neutral. It's fine. I just thought you would give me a reason there. What annoys you the most about passengers? Oh, okay. I could go on with this one. So the one thing that really annoys me is if you're rude, like for absolutely no reason. Like, I mean, you probably have a reason, but still don't be rude. Like if you're an asshole, I immediately just have no patience for you. Like I can be nice and understanding, but there's like, there's nothing worse. Like we deal with so many people a day. Like the last thing I want to deal with is you pissed off because we can't serve coffee right now. Or, you know, just like the little things. And another thing that I will say, so imagine this, right? It's a full flight. You're boarding. It's halfway done. You're putting your bag in the overhead bin and you go to close it and it doesn't close mm. and you sit down. So then, you know, I have to walk over there and be like, everyone's staring at me. Whose bag is this? Who's, anyone? Silence. All right. Well, if I can't get this bag to fit, we're going to have to check it. Oh, that's mine. The guy that's sitting like right here. And I'm like, don't, don't do that. If you ever walk on a plane and your bag doesn't fit, don't sit down, ask for help. Be like, yo, where can I put my bag? Like that is probably one of the most annoying things that I have gained as a pet peeve as a flight attendant. I can and feel I your, can feel your anger you know, already for that. Yeah. Can't you? Like, I mean, cause then I look like an asshole trying to like grab your heavy bag. And then I'm like, who says this? And no one's answering me. Like, I mean, wouldn't you get annoyed or am I? <laughs> Yo, you ever slammed your, the beverage cart against someone's arm in the aisle, like hella hard, you know, Michael Scott, the office, you know, like full on, like fucking bow. You ever done not that? On, not on purpose. On accident, of course, but you've done that? It was pure accident, like for real. And to, and yeah, for, like for real accident, I swear I would never harm another person. What is your worst passenger story? Oh, I have a lot of those. Give so, me the one, yeah, give me the one that irks you the most. Ooh. All right. So we're about two hours into a flight, have like an hour and a half left, and we're in the middle of the aisle. So my back is facing passengers, and my other flight attendant can see everyone behind me. So doing my thing, talking to people, life's great. Last flight of the day. And all of a sudden, the flight attendant goes, oh, shit. And I'm like what? And he goes, I thought we were going to go this whole day without any incidences. And as soon as he said that I turned around and this lady that was in the very last row comes charging up to one of the exit rows. So by this time I turned around and see what she was doing. She was saying, we have to get off this plane right now. Let's go. And like goes to the exit door to, you can't open those by the way. Are y'all in the air or are you landed? No, in the air. Like we okay. You're, you're in the air. You're cruising and doing service and she comes and she tries to take the handle and twist it over to like open the door and sheer panic arises from everyone around her right like rightfully so you have this lady charging screaming saying we have to get off this plane trying to open it so i was working with two three other male flight attendants who had to tackle her to the ground and she was just like you know going array of craziness and i she was she would only talk to me so we got her to calm down we're like do we have to do an emergency landing so i had to sit with her the entire hour and a half that we had left while my other colleagues finished service and 
she was talking to me and she's like, how much longer do we have? We have to get this. And I'm like looking at my, my time and I'm like, oh, we're almost there. <laughs> and she just immediately, like you immediately gave her this sense of calm because she was just psychotic. And then all of a sudden you just had this beam of happiness. I'm not going to take all the credit, but I guess there was something about me that day. I guess that, so. Like she, I mean, it took a minute. I'm not going to say that it didn't take some calming. I also had a guy like literally walk up as I'm eating my, my food in the galley and I in the what? The galley. No one. Uh, how am I supposed to know what that means? You know, okay. I'm sorry. The, um, the, the cafeteria, the which, air cafeteria the for you guys. In which we work. <laughs> yeah. You know, when you order a drink and we go get it, that area, that area. Okay. Continue. Sorry. I'm just like, yo, I got to cut you off when I don't understand something. Please cut me off. Cause I feel like this is a learning opportunity for all without a doubt. Right. Down. All right. So you're uh, in the air cafeteria. I'm in the air cafeteria and I like go to make an announcement and this guy walks over and starts eating my food. Your and food. I, yeah. And I'm all, I think I was so dumbfounded that I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, give me some feedback at least like more salt. Like what's up? Yeah. Uh, like stuff that you brought. Go ahead. No, sorry. Go ahead. All right. You're like, I, my brain is like, I had a guy piss on the galley floor, <gasps> the air cafeteria floor. In front yeah. of you? Yeah. Just whipped out his dong and just started pissing. Well, I mean, like he turned around, at least he was respectful like that. But then like liquid starts coming out. I'm like, whoa, another flight to I was working with noticed it because the bathrooms were full. There was like a line and he got tired of waiting. One, I respect that, but also, oh my gosh. Like, like, was he on, were you guys on your way somewhere? Did you know he was hammered? Like, uh, just started pissing. Just started pissing. <laughs> like, this is my area. I'm claiming this. This is my air cafeteria floor and I'm claiming this spot. He's been eyeballing it since he got there and it was game over. <laughs> I've been I, there, my guy. I've been there. <laughs> been there just don't do it just, just don't do it. this is what i'm talking about the array of trash that you see is just like because you put yourself and, in these situations so often and you know what this brings me to my next point like don't if you go barefoot on the airplane don't do that like don't, don't do that. because there's people pissing on the air cafeteria floor clearly what's worse people that are barefoot in the club or people that are barefoot in uh, on an airplane on an airplane for sure. Oh gosh. We got to give the people something here. What is the best way to get that upgrade to first class or the extra leg room? Give me a you hack. Give me a good hack. Okay. Well, I, I want to, I don't want to steer you wrong. Okay. But there really is no magic hack. Like you got to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> like if you want to get, like if you want to get upgrade, you got to pay for it. Just say, I need extra leg room in the fuselage lounge. What was the term so I can say it right? Fuselage. Fuselage. Like a lodge, like a, a cabin. I heard what you said. Yeah. Get it? Main cabin, fuselage. I need, if you do have any leg room in the fuselage, sir, oh, you know something. You know something. Then I feel like that gets you ahead. So there's no, no hack. You just got to be nice. And if you ask, then it is what I it is. Sometimes like if it's not a full flight and everyone, you know, like, yeah, be nice. Like a lot of people bring treats for flight attendants, like um, chocolates or hand sanitizer or gift cards. Like some people do it to be nice, but you never know like what flight attendant might be like, Hey, 
I see you, 32B. I see you. <laughs> like this, like a teacher, you know, when they ask for, you know, extra school supplies, you know, and you can get extra credit for it. That's actually a great idea that you can bring something for the flight attendants. I am. We'll take care of you. I mean, we'll take care of you regardless, but you're definitely going to be on like a good radar. I'll tell you this. If I don't get the upgrade, I want, I'm going to take it back. And I feel like that's fair. That's fair. Because I don't want to do something nice unless I get something in return in that situation. <laughs> this is why I'm doing something nice because I want something, all right? <laughs> Which is the whole basis of charity. All right. <laughs> Have you ever witnessed anyone trying to join the Mile High Club? Hmm. Uh, yes. Well, I had a couple who had just met on the flight and they were getting drinks. They had the road to themselves. The guy was in the window. The girl was in the aisle and they were drinking, having a good time. I'm like, good for them. You know, good for them. So it was a night flight. So it starts, you know, we get to the end of service and I'm like getting people's trash, you know, and I like looked over and I'm like, is that really like they were getting it on in the last row like she couldn't wait like she took a nap a lap nap a lap nap <laughs> which is i f which might be my favorite term i've ever heard in my life has anyone ever heard the term lap nap just taking a lap nap yeah she was a. Uh, that was a really awkward one to break up not gonna lie did you break it up well, first I walked by and I'm like, okay, it's been a long day. Am I seeing what I'm seeing? <laughs> right. Yeah. Go look at, go look at row 33. Tell me. And yeah, confirmed. So that, I mean, the other flights in it took handle of it, which I'm grateful for. Like, Hey, no, we don't do that on here. Wait till you get to your hotel room. <laughs> yeah. I don't think she cared. She had a good nap. You personally, if you saw two people on an overnight flight, wanting to be a part of the mile high club and everyone's sleeping. Are you allowing it? Knowing that it's kind of a cool thing in the streets. Listen, I don't want to be involved in your mile high trying to clamp. Like, have you seen those bathrooms? Like you've yeah. been in They're right? They're horrific. It's disgusting. I, just, I can't support that. Okay. I just, cause you're a pretty I mean, cool cat, I, you know? I, I mean, I'm not going to, there's things I obviously have to enforce and I don't want to lose my job, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to kill your vibe. If I don't see it, I can't do anything about it. That's also, that's also what, uh, that's factual information. Okay. You're, you're, you're a cool teacher, you know, you're a cool flight attendant. Thanks. I try. I really try. I might never get over lap nap. Uh, do you think, do you think it should be considered a felony for the people that get up at the end when the plane is landed that sit all the way in the back. Okay. Let me ask you something. Mm -hmm. Are we getting up to try to charge to the front? Or are we getting up? Cause we need to stretch our legs. Like it's a long flight. I never because, really took that into consideration because I can be sympathetic to sitting down for a long time and just wanting to stand up. If you're standing up politely, no felony for you, like truly. But if you're standing up and you're like, let's go and trying to charge to the front, a hundred percent felony. I will say that there are the, the last two recent flights that I've been on, I've had a total of probably seven minutes to get to the next flight. So I don't know what is happening. And actually, I want to expand on that. Do you yeah. know the reason why all of <clears throat> like during the pandemic, we bailed out airlines, right? So they're able now more than ever, for some reason, 
that they they're just canceling flights and they're just like hey by the way this flight's not happening here's your new one and it's the most inconvenient flight of all time do you know of like any regulations that should be happening i'm sure that messes with you too because that messes with your schedule if a flight just gets canceled like that are you seeing any ripple effects on your end just as much as a passenger is on my end well yeah like it sucks just for it sucks just as much for you guys or for us as it does for you like there's always a reason for the cancellation whether that's you know low staffing weather um, delays like mechanical. And I will say if you're booking your flight and you have a connection, check your connection time. Because a lot of the times it's like, oh, I have an hour to get to this flight, which assumingly should be enough time, but you have to account for, okay, is my flight really going to be on time today? Um, let me account. I probably need more than an hour, which I will say it's not mandatory, but as a courtesy, there has been plenty of times with flights that I've worked where like, Hey, if you have extra time, just stay seated, let people that need to go. And some people take advantage of that, but some people are really nice and they sit and they wait for people, but that's not always the case. No, they don't. Give yourself time. Yes, I have seen no, it. Don't. No, because I'm one of those people and I, I'm not even afraid to admit it. You, you tell me people got to get up and hurry up and get off. I'm getting off the fucking plane with them. I'm pretending I have a connection. I'm right well, That's there why I them. said it. A lot of people are like, like, no, I have a connection too. Like, get me off this plane. Yeah. Where's like, there's the really no way to tell, but yeah, there's no proof. Okay. All right. And when it comes to mask wearing, which I'm just so thrilled to talk to you about, I'm excited about this. what does the flight attendant community want people to know? Has it affected your happiness doing the job with all the mask stuff? A hundred percent. Because here's the thing. It's like, we already have to enforce so many other things. Like the last babysit. thing. We have to babysit. You know, like the last thing we want to do is to tell you, you know, hey, pull your mask up, do this, do that. It's like, it's just something that we have to do. So please just work with us. Like it, we all hate it. And like, whether you feel comfortable wearing it or not, like that's fine. But also just don't be an asshole. Like it is, there's been so many mask related incidences with flight attendants and passengers that like violent ones that are all mask related. That doesn't, that doesn't need to happen. Like Think about what you're doing on the aircraft. Like if you interfere with a crew member, that's, that's a felony. Like you really want to go to jail over a mask? Come on. Like, I just feel like people have their reasons and that's, you know, that's for them. And I understand that, but just don't make our job harder. Like we don't want to have to enforce it, but we have to, like, it definitely has affected people. Like, cause there's a lot of flight attendants and myself included that sometimes dread going to work. So it's like, what am I going to have to deal with today? Mm. Who's going to be pissed off today? Who, who am I going to? have to try to enforce this rule on like, it's, it's not something, it's not fun for sure, but we have to get through it. Let's all just work together. People let's mm. get through this. Yeah. You hear that white people, you hear that <laughs> they don't like wearing masks either. Do you hear that? Hey, nobody really, nobody likes wearing it. Like, okay, you're on a, you have to wear it in the airport. You have to wear it on the flight. Like I get it, but just, we just have to, if, if you want to travel, you just. That's why I bring trail mix. So I never have to put my mask up. I just keep oh, yeah. going one peanut, <laughs> one almond, one cranberry at a time. <laughs> one sunflower seed. One sunflower seed. Yeah. One <laughs> like bringing sunflower seeds for the only, only reason is so I don't have to put up my mask. You're like crack undo. Oh. Yeah. 
Yeah, like just bringing peanuts like you're at a baseball game or some shit like that. <laughs> That's a travel hack. You don't want to wear your mask, bring trail mix, peanuts, or sunflower seeds on the airplane, and you're all you're all straight. Um, uh, the most important question I'm going to probably ask you today as we wrap things up is what is the best pickup line or what is the best way to hit on a flight attendant? Because I do have a friend, and I find it incredible that he has been able to get so many flight attendants numbers and I don't get it because your window pun is so small and you know like when is the best time to holler at a, a flight attendant male or female so let me just give you my opinion and my experience okay so when you get on the when you get on the plane if you have your eye on someone give them a give them a smile you know like a hey how are you today can't do that Say, through the mask but I understand well, okay a you wink. can Okay. Wink, smile, smile with your eyes. Uh, say things like, please, thank you. Be, be a gentleman. Like don't over don't, or a lady, like don't overdo it because here's the thing is like, and also I will say the best time to talk to a flight attendant, maybe during service, if they're, if we're doing service anymore, mm -hmm. <laughs> but if they're sitting there, like that's your opportunity to talk to them. Sometimes when they're in the galley, like that's their break. Like they don't really want to be bothered, but I mean, we're there for you guys. So if you need something like yeah, get your asses up, man, like I might just like, press that shit ab above my head on purpose. Just hey, like, I know you're trying to take there. a break. Get over here. We are there for your, you know, we'll go check through every 15 minutes, maybe after during service, after service, like, cause what have you done? I know that you have. Well, you now that, <laughs> now that you kind of put it, I feel like it's bumble in the air because now I can just press the, the flight attendant thing. Just be like, yo, I don't need anything. I'm just trying to holler. <laughs> Hey, I also, I would appreciate some humor. So like maybe like a pun here and there or like, cause I know I probably gave you some before, like some good puns. We like, did hey, have, we did have a couple love, going. Love to take off. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't we, we had, we actually exchanged a bunch. I'll see if I can pull them up on my phone, but we exchanged pickup lines. And I think we, I mean, we had a couple that, that were fun. our favorite. That was a fun rabbit hole we went down. That was a super fun rabbit hole. That we, are we are we headed to cloud not or cloud nine or is that just what happens when people see you? Yeah, that one. I like that one. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's that one. Uh, you had a good one too. Planes need a mile of runway to take off, but when I saw you, my heart took off instantly. That's a good one. Uh, yeah, dude. Like these, oh, these are bad. But yeah, okay. So there. I mean. Is that frowned upon for someone to hit up, uh, to hit on a flight attendant? That's not frowned upon, no, right? There's so many, I feel like there's, there's so many flight attendants that I've flown with that I'm like, how'd you meet your boo? I'm like, mm. oh, on my flight. Mm. It's probably right time, right place. All right. All right. I, I didn't even you think about shot, bumbling there. Shoot your shot, I don't do that. Like, I just, I don't have the game like that. If, if maybe if we're going somewhere fun like Vegas or whatever, that I could see myself just being a little bit more loosey goosey, but I'm not attractive enough to think that I can get away with some shit like that. So you, so you just can't like sit, you know, sit at the bar, like before a flight, take like one liquid courage, walk on, you see someone you like, you're like, Hey, like smile, be cool. And you're not just going to be like, you're not going to shoot your shot right there. You're not no. going to be like, no, no, no. You're not going to hand him a card. Mm -mm. No, if I, if I met you before, like if we just conveniently, maybe we were sitting around waiting for everyone to board or something like that. And I could put in a, just a little nugget. But if you're, if we're just talking purely my game right when I get on the airplane, no fucking shot. No, that's not happening. It's just not going to do it. What's the most amount of drinks you've ever seen a person have on a flight? 
Mm, probably like seven, seven or eight vodkas. <sighs> and you get like obliterated. And how long was the flight? Uh, it was like five hours. Okay. That's not too bad. I feel like that's pacing yourself. Also like, it's one of those things you have to gauge, right? It's like, there's minimums on how we can serve people and you got to watch for like, is this person, can they handle their alcohol? Can they not? Um, I had a lady flying from DC to New York who drank almost an entire bottle of wine, like four glasses. Well, good for her. Good for her. I know. Maybe she doesn't like flying. And she was, I understand. I totally get that. Not everyone likes flying. A lot of people don't like the turbulence. Oh, no, you can, you can miss me with that shit. Uh, the last question I'll ask you, my love, is the, have you ever been so violently hungover after a night out, like, from a town? Like, you just go to a fun town, and you know you're traveling, you're having a good time, and you have a, you know, an early flight the next day. Have you ever just yacked? And just, or peed on the floor like that guy you had mentioned earlier of just like, I'm so hungover, this has to happen. Luckily, I haven't yacked, but I've definitely felt like I wanted to. Remember the layover with Clint? And Oh my we gosh, yeah. And it was like 10 p.m. We're like, let's go out. So that night, and then there was a night that a friend, of, we went to New York spent all night in Times Square, spent the night in an Irish pub and then took the train, like stayed up all night and then got to the gate, fell asleep. And then the gate agent was like, Hey, your flight's boarding. So I had to board my flight, go get ready for work. And Mm. I had a few hours, but I was up all night in New York city, which it was worth it. I'm not going to lie. The struggle. I just, you know, I I guess you just play that one by ear, but you know, I've gone out with some flight attendants, man. And, they get they can, ripped. They get ripped. Flight attendants can party. I will say that. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Well, I appreciate the time. Am I missing anything? Hurley, do you have any uh, fun? Uh, just let it ride? No, nothing Nothing crazy to it? I, I, I just hope that. What are your thoughts on TSA pre-check? Do you think everybody should have that shit? Because Hurley don't have it. Uh, I don't understand why people don't have it. Everyone needs to have TSA pre-check. I have known crew member, which is a lifesaver. Like I will never look at security lines ever the same again. If I ever just decide to not be a flight attendant anymore, I am definitely getting TSA pre-check. Gotcha. Why Why wouldn't you? And what's the, what's the one city that people need to go to and of out of all your travels that you feel like they really, they'd be missing out if they didn't hit Nashville. Well, I think a lot of people have gone to Nashville. Is there a sleeper city that you can give me? <laughs> like that feels feels pretty, you know. Go to Nashville, okay, so one of the biggest bachelorette destinations in the whole entire world. Yeah, go there. You know. Do you have okay, something kind of like that? Is a sleeper town? You know. Hmm. I would like. I would say somewhere in Montana. Yes. Wow, you've got. Have you, have you gotten busy in Montana? Have you gotten turned up in Montana? No, but I want to. Oh, okay. Does do airlines fly there? I didn't even know people. How they fly there? Like, How do you think they get out? Their jetpacks, like horses, man, horses. <laughs> have you not seen Yellowstone? I love Yellowstone, but definitely. Oh, and I, I know this. Like, go to Hawaii. I know that's like a given. Go to mm-hmm. Ireland. I know that's a country. Just travel the world. Find different places that people don't talk about. Like, go where the tourists don't go, is what I say. I literally just set up that question for you to answer it 
where should people fly that it's a sleeper town? And you're like, I don't know, just pick one of the smaller towns. <laughs> Do you work? <laughs> Do you? <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> I'm fucking with you. Lindsay, thank you for taking the time. I love you. I miss you so love much. You. Uh, I would say to give out your socials, but I, I kind of feel like the mystique of you is fun to me for some reason. Do you want to yeah, throw cool. out your stuff? Are you looking for follows no, or? No, my social. Well, I definitely have, <laughs> uh, it would be a dead giveaway. I mean, I don't know. I don't know the rules. Go to your spin classes. My spin classes come take a, I'll play. We found love. That's what I'm talking about. Bitch. One time. Let's go. Greatest song yes, ever made. I did play it and everyone, the mood changed for sure. How does it not? It is the greatest singular song ever recorded in MP3 format. Lindsay, I love you. I miss you. And thanks for the time, boo. You're welcome. Have a good one. All right, y'all. Episode 40 of the It's Always Something podcast. Appreciate it. Fly, fly.